News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero. And we are set to go. Welcome. It is uh, 706 here. Hope you're joining us and ready for some phone calls. You know the number 613-521-TALK, 613-521-TALK. You want to talk about uh, simple employment matters concerning you, possibly a friend, family member, that's fine. Bring it on. The phone lines are open. Ready to rock and roll the entire evening here. And if you have questions as well still about COVID-19 and the CERB and all the different benefits and the ever-changing workplace or workplace that was for you or for a colleague as well, uh, bring it on. Give us a call here over the next hour on the air. Get some quick answers right away before you carry on. And talk to Alex on your own at a uh, at a different time. It's uh, Whether you're an employee or employer, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll take your calls and uh, get down to something here. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the website. And for the next little while, covidrights.ca as well. Before we get to our topic for the evening, why people accept bad severance offers, there is a lengthy list. We'll get to that. But first week, that was, pal. How are you? Hey, John. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Great to be back uh, live on the air in Ottawa. Ready to go for another edition of the uh, the Employment Law Show. Uh, it's been another busy uh, start to the week for us here, John. Uh, it's not just people uh, who are being let go who contact us. People call us with all sorts of different workplace situations. A lot of COVID-related calls at the moment, as I'm sure you can appreciate, wanting to know if what their employer is doing is legal, what they can do about it, what options they have as employees. And, and, you know, like we always say, I think that's great, John. I mean, we encourage people to seek out that help, to seek out that information from us, whether you want to email us or call us at the office or give us a call on air right now. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out that issue that we're dealing with at work or that question you have about your workplace. Remember, the more information and knowledge you have as an employee, the more protected and prepared you're going to be to deal with those issues. So, and you know, certainly if you or anyone you uh, know has lost their job, that's obviously an extremely serious matter. Don't blindly accept the severance offer without getting legal advice. Chances are, if you have been let go from your job, you haven't been offered a proper severance package. As you mentioned, we're going to be talking about severance a little, a uh, little more in tonight's show. But first. To start us off and, and get us all warmed up, let's talk about a couple of matters that uh, that came across my desk. Actually, just today, uh, John, this is all hot off the press, as they say. Uh, let's uh, hmm. let's talk about a couple of matters, uh, a couple of examples of of the types of advice and the kind of assistance that we provide. You know, pretty much every single day of the week uh, to the people that we speak with, John. So. First matter uh, has to do with with COVID-19 and and the fact that, uh, as I'm sure everyone's heard by now, slowly but surely, I think we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and and the government is now allowing some businesses to reopen. And that means that some employees are getting called back to work. So I spoke to this gentleman uh, today. He works he works mm-hmm. for a car dealership. He's been at that same dealership for about five years. He's in sales, and he had been laid off for the past, uh, I think, six weeks or so, if I'm not mistaken, because car dealerships were considered non-essential. So they were basically closed. Uh, at least the sales side of things yeah. uh, was considered right. uh, closed, and that changed as of yesterday. So as of yesterday, the provincial government introduced. Um, the the reopening of a couple of businesses, a couple of sectors. Gardening is one, car dealerships is another, and there are a couple of others as well. Uh, and so just yesterday, uh, this gentleman's employer called him back and said, "Hey, we're looking at reopening. Here's the sp- schedule for the week. You know, we're we're looking for you to come in." 
And he gave me a call right away because he was a little concerned about going uh, back into work. This gentleman is in his mid-60s. He's had some previous health issues, nothing overly serious or or imminent, but, but he is kind of a little hesitant, a little worried, a little anxious mm-hmm. about going back to work. And so he wanted to ask me and he wanted to talk to me about, well, what do I do here? Can I say no to my employer? Can I say, no, you know what? I don't feel comfortable coming... T- back to work uh, at this time and that's a very good question john it's a question that lots of lots of people have and you know what i told him uh and you know what might have been kind of difficult advice is well you know technically if your employer is calling you back to work and you want to stay employed you know you have to respond to that call you can't just choose not to return to work because you don't feel like it so you know for for employees in those situations who are being called back to work i think the proper advice is you know unless you have a very specific medical condition that precludes you from going back to work so unless your doctor is actually ordering you uh to stay home and that would basically be a medical leave of absence maybe as a precautionary uh tactic right maybe it's your your health situation is is so precarious that it might be the best call to actually stay home you need your doctor's support in order to confirm that and if you could get your doctor to order you basically sick off work then you would be allowed to stay home if your employer calls you back to work you're basically on a medical leave of absence but if that's not the case if you're just a little anxious and you're not really sure and you're a little hesitant Again, you you have to respond to your employer's call if you want to stay employed. Not returning that call or not going back to work when you're called back can potentially be viewed as a resignation, and that's not uh, and that's not a great situation. You don't want to be in a situation where you're deemed to have resigned. So, important information out there, and I think that's going to become a, an important topic as we move through this this reopening or kind of reintegrating back into. What might not be, you know, uh, a normal state of affairs, but what's going to look 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 more and more like, uh, you know, pre-COVID, uh, pre-COVID yeah. era. So uh, that's the first matter, John. Second matter uh, is a is a pretty straightforward severance situation. Again, a lady I spoke with. Uh, uh, today, but I think it's a good example of the kinds of issues that we're going to be talking about during this show, which is a lot of the myths and the misconceptions around severance and why people just think that, uh, or why people accept rather bad severance packages. There's a kind of whole whole bunch uh, of misconceptions out there ab- uh, about the way severance works. So I spoke to a lady, a very nice lady in her early 50s, had been with an employer for uh, about eight years. Uh, she was let go uh, at the beginning of April, so it's it's been effectively about a month now since she was let go. And uh, when she was let go, she was offered effectively her minimum severance entitlements, which was a week per year of service. So she was offered eight weeks of pay as an eight-year uh, a- employee. She hadn't signed any kind of employment contract. They didn't even ask her to sign any kind of termination letter. It was just, you're an eight-year employee. Here's eight weeks. Off you go. We wish you all the best. Uh, you know, and, 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 uh, and so on. And the, the, the woman, uh, not knowing anything about employment law, and, and I guess not having heard our show yet, uh, just simply said, okay, well, I guess that's the way severance works. I'm going to take my eight weeks and, and off I go. And, and uh, she started looking for a job and she has yet to find the job 
probably unsurprisingly, because the job market's not particularly great right now, until she heard our show last week. Uh, and so she gave me a call after that, and we ended up scheduling a call for today. And what I told her, and I had great news for her, which, which is that she didn't uh, have to accept that eight weeks. That eight weeks re- represents a, a kind of a bare-bones minimum for her. That was the very, very bare-bones least that the company can pay her. Yeah. When in reality, what she was actually owed as an eight-year uh, employee who was again in her early 50s and was actually in a management position, so a pretty senior position. Uh, it was kind of mid, lower level mid management. She's going to be looking at eight or nine months as a severance package. And when I told her this, John, she was absolutely floored. She had absolutely no idea. Luckily, the employer didn't ask her to sign anything or, or she didn't sign anything actually accepting that uh, eight weeks. It was paid to her, but just because it was paid to her doesn't mean she she accepted it. She can still pursue her full severance entitlements, but she was just absolutely delighted by the fact uh, that I told her that, you know, hold on, that's not the way severance works. Severance is based on age, position, and years of service. That eight weeks that you were paid is the bare bones minimums. You're actually allowed and you should be receiving as part of your legal entitlements that full eight Eight months. So we're going to be working with her now to pursue the, those full severance entitlements, uh, uh, John. And, and she was ecstatic with the call, and I was ecstatic to help her. And I think this is a situation where uh, you know we're going to resolve the matter very, very easily on on good terms. And again, we'll get into severance a little bit more as we get into the show. But it's uh, you know at least initially, it's a kind of feel good story, and I'm, I'm glad we're going to be able to help her out. It's a beautiful thing, brother. We'll uh, we'll leave it there for now for a quick break and come right back at it. you got time to fill up the phones. It is uh, 613-521-TALK to talk to Alex here now. You want to send an email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Covidrights.ca is a great website for you to check out. And by the way, to reach Alex when we're not on the show here, one 821 5900 So there you go. Right back at it here. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. It is 719 and welcome back. Yeah, Alex here, locked and loaded, ready to go. 613-521-TALK with your questions. Bring it on, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And uh, outside of the hour of the show, it's one 821 5900 You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. All kinds of wonderful information there as well. And wrapped into the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca uh, website is the severance pay calculator. But the timely website of covid19.ca is up and around. So if you have any questions, uh, by the way, for the remainder of the show about uh, the CERB or your workplace rights, which have not been, been put on hold with this whole pandemic, they are still robust and still capable of helping you out. Call us and uh, get the information, 613-521-TALK. Why people accept bad severance offers? Let's get right into this topic for uh, tonight, pal. And the first one is uh, it's a big bucket of water when you walk in the room. Usually it's an office with frosted glass. It doesn't have clear glass. That's a good indication. If you're getting let go tomorrow, you walk in, you go into an office somewhere upstairs, and it's got frosted glass all over the windows and doors, not good. Clear glass, you're probably okay. But when you walk in there and there's three or four people sitting there, it could be HR, it could be a little piece of paper for you, it's that sudden shock, right, that bucket of water of just being let go. So you just panic and go, okay, I guess this is what I get, right? Yeah, that's right. I think it's uh, you know I think it's safe to say, John, it's it's human nature that uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we don't necessarily handle pressure all that well, especially when it's kind of part anger, part confusion, <sighs> part frustration. You know, I've spoken to so many people over the years uh, that have just kind of signed back a severance offer right on the spot. Again, just out of anger, just out of being kind of completely ticked off that they're the ones that are being let go yeah. or because they're, they're feeling pressured to do so. Maybe the, the manager, or the HR, or HR person kind of insinuated that, that you know, the, the, the offer might, might, might be off the table if they don't sign you know there's all kinds of emotions at play here and 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 thoughts are streaming through your head how are you going to support your family how are you going to pay your bills and in a situation like that chances are you're going to make the wrong decision right so that initial shock of being let go is, is i would say probably one of if not the main reason why people accept bad severance packages they just think out of emotion or, or or not even think at all and just make the wrong decision and the wrong decision john is just signing off that severance offer blindly and sending it and, and handing it back to the company even if they have a day or two to think about it still doing that without getting proper legal advice uh is the problem so you know the advice that i give on that specific point to everyone that i speak to is if you're being let go, if you know, as you say, you're walked into that meeting uh, with frost in a frosted glass office. You're sat down. You know, you're slowly beginning to realize as the people are speaking to you that you're being let go. This is the end of your employment. You've got to go back to your desk or go back to your workstation and, and kind of collect your belongings and, and head out the door. Don't make any decisions in the moment. Whatever documentation yeah. the company is giving you, however it's going down, take that information. Say thank you very much and head out the door uh, with your stuff. Do not say yes. Do not say no. Do not say anything. Say thank you very much. I need some time to think about this and let me get back to you later. Uh, you take those documents and the next step is going to be to speak with an employment lawyer. That is absolutely, absolutely clutch and key in a situation uh, like this. You need to get advice if you've been uh, uh, let go. It, it's like not getting financial advice or not having uh, you know, proper advice in any other business transaction. Uh, you are asking for trouble if you do something like that. It's really, really dangerous. And I think the part two of that point is the fact that, and, and you know this, this is this is the way it goes every time you get that initial phone call. Why I, why did they let me go? I was doing a great job. You're like, yeah, don't worry about that. Worry about the severance. Yeah, yeah, but why did they let me go? I was doing such a great job. People got to get over that hump as well because there's no rewinding that clock. You got to keep your eye on the prize, right? Exactly, yeah. and 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 I mean, you're right to say, and and it's not just because we say, you know, keep your eye on the severance. No, it's simply the way the law works. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a without cause termination, which is what you know, basically almost every single termination is. The reason ultimately doesn't really matter for the termination. And and you're right, that goes to the emotions and what you're feeling at the time that you're being let go. You can be a you know a great stellar employee. And it hurts all that much more in that situation to be let go. And again, in a situation like that where your blood starts boiling, you're more likely to make to make a poor decision. So, you know, whether whether your record is stellar or, or somewhat lacking, really regardless of the situation, you want to just allow some time to catch your breath, gather your thoughts, get proper advice, and then you can make a decision. And, and listen, if the decision at that point in time is accepting the offer, mm -hmm. great. At least you've taken the proper steps. At least you've done your due diligence and you've made sure that you've made that decision with a cool head, with proper advice, and off you go with your life. The reality is, John, uh, you know, as we've talked about time and time again, chances are that severance offer is going to be significantly, significantly less than what you're, what you're actually owed. Again, another reason why to not sign on the spot. Don't, don't sign just because you're overwhelmed with the situation. You.
You bet. It's uh, 613-521-TALK. 613-521-TALK. You have questions about the stuff we're talking about or any other employment matters, this is why we're here live for this hour. Call the number and uh, simply ask your question. Number two in the list of why people accept bad severance offers, and this is why we started the show eight years ago. They don't realize they're, they're entitled to more. That's right. And so the second point is, well, it's just simply not knowing. Uh, uh, right? I mean, you, and you can make a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. People accept bad severance offers all the time because they just simply don't know any better. And so regardless of the shock, regardless of, 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 you know, how they're actually feeling, if you don't know, you don't know. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, like the lady I spoke with earlier, uh, today who was offered just eight weeks as an eight year employee, she had absolutely no clue, John, how severance, uh, worked, worked. She took the company's word for it that it was a week per year of service. She didn't question it for the first month. I only spoke to her a month after she was she was let go. And, and she just simply assumed that that was the case. She kind of, it, it is what it is. Now, luckily for her, she didn't sign anything. So she's able to pursue those uh, those rights. But for those employees that don't know any better and then accept that severance package anyway, that's a huge, huge problem. So part of the job that we've done over the past what is it, John, six years, seven years that we've been on uh, on the radio, yeah. part of the job that we want to do is we need to inform people of their actual uh, rights. That's what the severance pay calculator is for. That's what uh, Pocket Employment Lawyer is for. That's what this show is for, the TV show, all of the work that we do, the, the, the countless people we speak to uh, in any given week, it's to inform people on what their rights are particularly when it comes to severance. Uh, and we've got to remember that severance is not just one or two weeks per year of service. It's almost always going to be based on an employee's age, position, and years of service. And that is a very, very employee-friendly calculation. It's going to yeah. give you severance easily, easily in the several-month uh, range. If you're a 10 or 15-year employee who's later on in their age, it'll probably give you something closer to a year and a half's worth uh, of severance yeah. pay, it's going to be way, way more than what an employer is going to offer you off the bat. What what employers are banking that you do, they're banking that you just accept the offer blindly. What em, a lot of employees don't know, and the information that they're lacking, is that those severance packages are almost always negotiable. And it's not even that complicated or, or, or difficult. Usually employers are prepared to negotiate the severance packages. They're waiting for it. An employee just doesn't know it. You know, I'm going to skip number three, go right to number four, because it kind of leads into what you were talking about a moment ago in this week or two weeks per year. That's what they think they're getting. And that is number four, why people accept bad severance offers. They rely on advice from the old dun, 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 Ministry of Labor. Yeah, we've we've had our share of run-ins with the Ministry of Labor, uh, John. Nothing personal, obviously, but but you know, at, at yep. one point in time, and I think this has kind of changed recently. But at one point in time, the Ministry of Labor was advising employees on what their severance entitlements are, were. The thing is, they weren't advising those employees that those were just bare bones minimum entitlements. They're 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 what we call an employee's uh, Employment Standards Act entitlements. So it's termination and severance entitlements under a piece of legislation called the Employment Standards Act. But but as I always say, that's just the floor. That is the bottom, bottom basement level amounts that an employer has to pay no matter what. Again, what most employees don't know and what the Ministry of Labor will not tell you is that you actually have what we call full entitlements or common law entitlements, which are going to be way, way more than those minimums. It's going to be way more than what the Ministry of Labor uh, tells you. So you cannot rely on what the Ministry of Labor tells you as far as severance goes. They They are helpful when it comes to... 
I don't know, vacation pay or overtime pay or work hours, things like that that have to do with kind of minimum employment standards, they're actually pretty good on. You know, health and safety in the workplace. We're seeing the Ministry of mm-hmm. Labor become involved a lot when it comes to to health and safety, particularly with the with these companies reopening. But you cannot rely on the ministry uh, for severance matters. They are going to give you the wrong advice. The best advice the Ministry of Labor could give you is to speak with an employment lawyer because only an employment lawyer can tell you what your actual full severance entitlements are. More of these coming up, and that is why people accept bad severance offers. Tune in and listen to these. Don't get caught by any of these without reaching out to Alex any time. But uh, reach out now if you would like, 613-521-TALK. The phones are quiet, which means we've got lots of room for you. 613-521-TALK. Employment Law Show, News Talk, 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. And we are right back at it. It's uh, the number 613-521-TALK to call in, ask your questions. Feel free to uh, to do so. We'd love to talk to you. In the meantime, why people accept bad severance offers. And this one always makes you just shake your head and uh, grit your teeth. And that is they think they'll burn bridges if they don't accept the offer. Yeah, it's a, you know it's it's a question we get uh, we get often, uh, John, when we're speaking to people about uh, about their severance offers. They're they're worried that by you know not accepting the initial offer or by trying to negotiate, you know, we're going to go at the company kind of guns blazing and and either you know be overly aggressive or or insult the company somehow, and that'll damage the relationship with the company. And yeah. and that is not the case at all, not by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, except in the most egregious cases, uh, John, where employers are, have really, really behaved badly. At that point, you know what? I don't mind being a little heavy-handed because sometimes employers deserve it. Uh, but in almost every single case, if this is a what we call a without cause termination and it's simply a restructuring or you know a business decision, basically, uh, you know, you catch more flies with honey a lot of times. Meaning, meaning you catch more flies with a with a perfectly respectful, professional approach. You might even want to say a nice word or two about the company, about the fact that. You know, the employee enjoyed their time there and they want to resolve this amicably. And if you take that approach uh, as an employee, John, and, and have an employment lawyer send the letter along those lines to the company, there's no way you're going to burn a bridge. Uh, I mean, a company will actually appreciate that kind of approach as opposed to an aggressive approach. And, and to add to that, a lot of times not only do we get a better severance package in a, in a perfectly professional and, and pleasant way, we'll also uh, negotiate some sort of reference letter for the employee that actually confirms in writing, uh, you know, the fact that they were a good employee and 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 that uh, and that it was a positive end uh, to the relationship. Right. So you know, you're you're not burning a bridge there. You're actually kind of solidifying the bridge and confirming it uh, in writing. So uh, you know, it, it's not a factor when it comes to these kinds of severance negotiations. As an employee, don't be worried about uh, about burning a, a bridge. You have to approach severance negotiations in the right way and it takes an experienced and good employment lawyer uh, to do so I can tell you that I have never ever uh, literally never John have had a situation where an employee has told me oh because we we negotiated a better package I've ruined my relationship with the company it's literally never happened so 
um, you know, not uh, I wouldn't be making a decision to accept the severance package on that basis, on the basis of you're being worried about uh, the relationship. The reality is that you're legally owed that money. It's the company that's that, that's underpaid you. It's the Good company point. that's not acting appropriately. You shouldn't be shy or bashful or feel bad uh, because you're standing up for your own legal rights. And on top of that, I mean, I would say the majority of, of employers, whether it's a medium to large size employer, which a lot of people work for, I mean, this isn't their first barbecue, man. They've, they've let people go before. They've had people come back and negotiate. It's HR. It's, it's, it's commonplace for you to do that. So they expect it or they, you know, maybe, maybe two out of 10 people will have the knowledge to call you and go do it. So they're going to save some coin anyway. But beside that, they're going to expect it. So you're not, you're not insulting anybody. Yeah, that's right. And listen, like I said earlier, they, they probably know that it's coming to a certain extent, right? I mean, their first offers, those initial severance offers, they're actually strategically made with the negotiations in mind. They're, they're, they're trying to kind of create what we call an anchor. They're creating kind of a low point for the negotiations. If you, if you accept that offer as an employee, that's a phenomenal deal for the employer. They, you know, that's a great result for them. And if you then negotiate, well, that's fine. They've started at a low number. They could incrementally increase that number to a more reasonable one as you go. So, it, you know, like you say, it's, yeah. it's almost kind of to be expected. No, no, no company is going to be insulted by that. Like, you, you know, as you mentioned, they're probably expecting it and they've got experience with it. 613-521-TALK. It is not too late to make that phone call, whether it's about the topic we're on, why accepting bad severance offers is not a good thing. That or if you still have questions about COVID-19, CERB, bring those on as well. I know it's been hashed to death with the media and with the government, but, hey, people still don't know what's going on, so bring those on. Alex will answer those questions. In the meantime, we'll move on to this one. And another reason why people accept bad severance offers, they have a contract or contract terms that mention severance pay. Yeah, and this is uh, this is an issue we're seeing more and more nowadays, uh, John. Especially for those employees that are that are shorter term employees, they've likely signed lengthier employment contracts uh, with with the company, and and more and more nowadays, employers are introducing those kinds of employment contracts mm-hmm. uh, uh, as part of their HR protocol. And a lot of times, uh, those contracts will have language in them that speak to termination. They'll have some sort of formula in them, or, or they'll say that you know, your severance entitlements are limited to the Employment Standards Act. And, and again, employees will be put off by that kind of thing when they're let go. Sometimes their termination letter will say, as per the terms of your contract, this is what we owe you. And again, this goes to the point uh, that you want to make sure even in that case, you're getting advice from an employment lawyer and from a good employment lawyer because just because you have an employment contract that that talks about severance or that talks about termination pay, it doesn't mean that that contract is enforceable. There are literally dozens of ways, uh, John, that an employment contract uh, can't be enforceable. Those kinds of lang- that kind of language about termination uh, and, and severance, they need to be very, very carefully worded. Our courts have said that have to, they have to be perfectly clear, perfectly worded. Mm-hmm. Even just one little mistake blows the whole thing up, which means that that employee uh, is owed their full severance entitlements. Severance entitlements based on their age, position, and years of service. So an employee should not assume just because they have a contract of employment that that contract automatically limits their severance entitlements. Not at all. I think the chances are actually more likely that it's unenforceable than it would be enforceable. 
And uh, again, you want to make sure that you're getting advice in a situation mm-hmm. like that. It's in, if it's enforceable, so be it. You know, you're contractually limited uh, to whatever severance you're owed, and that's yeah. where the buck stops, and that's where that's where the story ends. But if it's not enforceable, and you're actually able to pursue your full severance entitlements, the actual severance that you're owed, well, then then that's great. That's a matter that needs to be clarified with the company, and something that again can be resolved relatively easily. But you don't want to take your employer's word for it. You need to confirm it for yourself. You need to get that advice for yourself and that information for yourself. Otherwise, you might be making a mistake. If you sign a, a, you know, a, a severance offer based on a contract or for whatever other reason, and then you find out you know, that it was actually a mistake, you were actually owed more, you know, you're done for. You, you've signed off. You can't go back now. You can't undo that signature. You yeah. can't undo what's already been done. And if that's cost you $10,000 or tens of thousands of dollars more likely, you know, you're going to be kicking yourself in, in the pants a little bit. You know, on the flip side to that one, by the way, if you're listening and you're an employer and you're thinking about, uh, you know, limiting severance, how you do that in an employment agreement, getting one drafted, give it to Alex. You want it done correctly, they can do it at the firm so you don't get this problem with another lawyer saying, nope, this thing's not worth the paper it's printed on. Carry forth, get your full severance. Have it done and drafted properly. So uh, call Alex. That number, by the way, I'm going to give it to you, one 855 821-5900. But here at the station, want to call through. Still got time. 613-521-TALK. We are talking about uh, why people accept bad severance offers. And this one, uh, this must get mixed in with like family law and a murder trial and all these things. They believe that negotiating a simple thing like severance will take months, possibly years, so they don't want to bother, right? Yeah, another common question we get when we speak to people, they, they don't want to be uh, kind of dragged through some sort of complicated, lengthy uh, legal process. And so, uh, you know, what I can tell all our listeners out there and what I tell most of the people that I speak with is, you know, this is this is not the movies. This is not TV. It's not Law & Order. It's not any other, you know, law show that you've ever seen on TV. The likelihood of ever seeing the, in- the inside of a courtroom, even the likelihood, John, of ever actually starting formal legal action, it's very, very low. I mean, the, the minority of cases by far are the ones that actually require uh, legal action, a kind of formal legal process, mm-hmm. almost all of these cases are resolved by just straightforward negotiations. We contact the company on your behalf. We make a counteroffer. They respond within a couple of days' time with another counteroffer. And, you know, maybe after a little bit of back and forth and finalizing of terms, uh, the matter is resolved. I, I mean, uh, you know, a good number of these kinds of cases, John, will literally take days to resolve. Some take weeks, and some, you know what, might even, you know, the more complicated ones might even take a couple of months or so. But it's not going to be several months at a time uh, or, or, God forbid, years. It's just not the way uh, almost all of these matters work. The reality is severance is not complicated, John. Again, it's kind of age, position, years of service. This is not rocket science. It takes some negotiation. It takes some compromise on both parties' uh, parts. Uh, but usually it's a matter that's that's relatively easily uh, uh, resolved. Even in the case where legal action is required, we're lucky in Ottawa that we have a program called mandatory mediation where yep. within a couple of months of even starting legal action, you're at a settlement meeting and the matter typically gets resolved. So even the legal process here, and, and you know, luckily in Ottawa, it's, it's quite good as it is in, in Toronto. It's not available in, uh, in, in all of the courts in, in the province, but specifically in Ottawa, even the legal process is relatively straightforward and, and can get your matter resolved within a few months, not years. Let's take a uh, short break, pal. We'll get to a few more of these on that list and then get down to some emails if we don't get any uh, phone calls. To make that call now, 613-521-TALK to call us here 
With the remaining time on air, reaching out through email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website, uh, employmentlawyer.ca, there as well. You can catch past radio shows and links to our television show as well. So check that out. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580, CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. Still a few minutes if you want to uh, call in as we get to some emails here. No problem. 613-521-TALK with Employment Matters, COVID-19, CERB Matters. Just bring it on. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you. Henry is uh, up first. Henry says, guys, I received a few warnings over the last three years with respect to my work performance. How many warnings does my employer have to provide me before they can let me go for cause? Yeah, well, I mean, there's no clear answer, uh, uh, John, so there's no set number. It's not as if, you know, after the third warning, there's no, you know, there's no three-strike rule necessarily when it comes to employment law. The way employers have to do it is they have to impose what we call progressive discipline, meaning, you know, if there are issues with an employee's either their conduct or their performance, you have to gradually increase the levels of the discipline, maybe first from a warning, uh, you know, and, and Henry in this case says he's gotten three warnings over the past, uh, or, or a few warnings over the past three years. I mean, really, that's that's not enough really to be cause, number one. Ca- cause for termination is, is a really, really high bar, really difficult to meet. But if an employer was serious about trying to establish cause against an employee, they'd have to first warn them, then maybe followed by a second write-up, then perhaps, uh, you know, some more serious step, maybe a suspension or some sort of performance improvement plan. And again, you want to kind of gradually increase the severity of the discipline. And if the employee's behavior is not improving, or if their performance is not improving with help, with assistance, uh, and, and with the proper reprimands, then perhaps at that point, you can let an employee for go for cause. A warning to employers out there, it is very, very difficult to terminate an employee uh, for cause. I mean, we're, we're talking cause is basically the capital punishment of the employment relationship. Yeah. It allows an employer to let an employee go with zero severance, zero notice. Basically, here's your last day of pay for the day that you worked, and off you go. I never want to see you again. And, and that kind of treatment is going to be reserved for the worst of the worst conduct. We're talking really offensive misconduct in the workplace, physical abuse, ver- verbal abuse, theft, fraud, all of the worst things that you can name. Or if we're talking, you know, repeated performance concerns over a long history uh, or long period of time uh, that doesn't re- respond to, to assistance, doesn't respond to an improvement plan, for example, or just misconduct that goes on and on without uh, without improvement. So really, really high bar. If, if someone has a couple of warnings over the course of two or three years, it's not going to be enough uh, to establish uh, a cause. Uh, again, the company is going to have to take more drastic steps to get to that level. We'll get to uh, Manny next. Uh, Manny writes in and says, uh, guys, I quit my job last year. My wife still works for the same company, but they're treating her very badly because they're upset with me. What can she do? Okay, well, uh, you know, I don't think it's fair for uh, for an employee to be treated badly. I, I mean, just treated badly, period, in the workplace. I don't think there's any good reason to treat an employee uh, badly, but speci- specifically if it has to do with someone else. In this case, I guess, uh, you know, uh, Manny's uh, uh, Manny's wife, uh, or or Manny himself, I guess, uh, his or his wife still working there. Uh, 
you know, that could potentially be harassment in the workplace. I mean, uh, whether it comes to COVID-19 or just the way in which, generally speaking, you're being treated in the workplace, every employee in the workplace has the right to be treated with dignity, with respect. They have a right to be healthy and free and, and, and safe uh, in the workplace. Uh, and, and so if, if an employee is uh, either being verbally uh, abused or being treated differently, you know, either being demoted or her job duties being stripped away, uh, maybe because of some sort of vendetta, you know, I think that's potentially harassment in the workplace. It probably is. Uh, and the first step you got you have to do in a situation like that is report it. So in a situation where maybe you're in a larger organization, you've got and your boss is mistreating you, you have to report that behavior to HR. You have to put it on the record. If you don't tell anybody about the harassment, if you don't tell anybody about the way you're you're being treated, the the law doesn't get triggered. An employer can't help you if they don't know what's going on. And so in order to trigger that legal obligation on the part of of your employer, you need to inform them. If you're dealing with a smaller company, if you're dealing with a one-man or two-man shop, uh, and and you know the boss, who's the owner of the company, is doing the harassing, well then you've got to speak with an employment lawyer. Uh, you've got to get outside uh, help. Obviously, you can't report it to the person that's doing the harassing. So speak with an employment lawyer. If the harassment is serious enough, you can claim constructive dismissal, meaning you can mm. get you know out of there, out of a terrible environment. And obtain a severance package. That's going to be, you know, by far the better choice than sticking around and 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 suffering through that situation. But again, in a bigger organization where you can report it to HR or you can report it to someone else, you have to take that first step of reporting. The employer then has the obligation of investigating and trying to deal with the situation. If they don't deal with the situation, if they don't resolve it, then again, you could take that step of dealing with an employment lawyer and potentially claiming constructive dismissal. So that's how I would handle this situation in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in Manny's wife's case. No one, no one has to take that kind of stuff at work. No one has the right uh, or, or has the obligation to be treated badly at work. I don't care what the reason is. Again, you have the, you, you have the right to be treated uh, with respect. And, uh, you know, but that said, you have to stand up for that, right? You have yep. to stand up for that and, and take those steps in order to protect your legal rights. By the way, you want to reach out when we're not on the air to get a hold of Alex, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred and help at employmentlawyer.ca. I'm going to read Sarah's email here. I bet you she uh, wished she'd heard the first part of the show before she sent this along. And after what happened, she says, after I was let go, I signed my termination paperwork without speaking to a lawyer. Because I was very emotional and under a lot of stress, I think my severance offer was not good. Is there anything I could do about it now? Yeah, I mean exactly why we do this yep. very type of show and why we we talk about the issue of severance and why you know why people accept bad severance packages, uh, John. I mean you know I I hate to say it, it pains me to say it, but regardless of maybe the you know the pressure that you felt or regardless of of how stressed out you were in the situation, again if you signed that document it's basically impossible to get out of it. You're going to be bound by the terms of whatever's in that severance offer. And and Sarah is just unfortunately one of those other examples that, you know what, we see from time to time, people just making the wrong decision, signing that severance offer on the spot uh, because they feel pressure to instead of doing the right thing, with the, which is, you know, taking it home, speaking with, with us and, and, and getting proper advice. So, you know, I hate to break it uh, to Sarah and, and for, you know, others out there that are listening and, and are in the same situation. But if you've signed off on that severance package, it could be a terrible offer. Uh, you know, it's too late, unfortunately. You've signed yeah. off and there's going to be very, very uh, little, if, if anything, that we can do to help you. 
Finally, we'll get to Ray. We'll get to one more email in here because we got some time. Ray says, guys, my employer gave me notice in February that my employment will end at the end of this month. Uh, a week ago, I was told that new work will be coming in and that my employment will not end after all. Can my employer do this? Yeah, interesting situation. So I guess he's gotten, uh, you said February till the end of this month. So he, yeah. he's gotten uh, three months or so, well, March, April, May. Yeah, three months or so of, of notice of his termination. Mm-hmm. And that seems to have changed now. So he's he's now, they're, they're now kind of trying to cancel that termination, I guess, and, and keep him working. And, and you know, I, I actually think, and, and the reality is that the, uh, employers are allowed to do that, uh, uh, John. So if an employer wants to uh, withdraw a, a termination and have that employee keep working, provided that the terms of employment haven't changed significantly. So mm-hmm. if Ray is going back to his, you know, the same job he's always been doing, and it's the same pay, same terms, everything stays the same, you know, just the circumstances of the business have changed such that, well, his employment is no longer terminated, then it's going to be reasonable for Ray to accept that offer. If he doesn't accept the offer of continued employment, there's no real way he can force the termination because if he decides to just walk away, you know what, in the face of an actual job offer, right, of the continued employment that the company's now offering, even though they did a, they did a 180 and, and changed their minds, uh, it, it, you know, that might be viewed as a resignation if, if Ray just walks away. So, difficult situation, obviously, uh, you know, he turned his mind to termination and to kind of his employment coming to an end and now has to reverse that. I do think that it's completely legal to do and, and probably the best decision for Ray is to just accept the continued employment. If he's terminated at a future point in time, well, then we start from scratch all over again, right? It's not like the company somehow gets credit for this notice that it gave his termination or somehow or the, the offer that it's made, let's say. Mm-hmm. Now that he's, he's, he's going back to full employment again, to regular continuous employment again, if they want to lay him off again or terminate his employment uh, again, he would be owed his full severance entitlements uh, like it's the first time, basically. So the same thing applies if they if you have an end date and they keep kicking that down the field, changing the you know moving the goal line for you. Eventually, it means nothing. Is that right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And we see that uh, oftentimes as well, which is you know you'll get one date and then they push it back and then they push yeah. it back again. Well, as soon as you push it back that second time, you know what? Those dates are now meaningless, uh, right? So an employer can't get credit for those for those permanent uh, for those mm-hmm. dates that keep uh, changing. Notice of your end date as an employee, your termination date, has to be crystal, crystal clear. There cannot be any uncertainty around when an employee's employment is actually coming to an end. And if your employment or your termination date rather keeps changing, well, there's obviously it's not crystal clear in a case like that. So an employee is going to be owed their full severance entitlements, even if that date has been pushed back more than a couple of times. See, nobody knows that stuff, man. That's why you got to listen to this show every week. Tune in That's and call in and reach out afterwards, man. We're going to uh, wrap it for the uh, the day here. So appreciate you hanging with us uh, to carry on with Alex. Uh, now the show is done. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the phone number. Keep it with you. You can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That website right there is literally like having a lawyer in your pocket, a separate, an employment lawyer in your pocket. So much information there, and part of the pocketemploymentlawyer.ca website. 
is the severance pay calculator. All of it's absolutely free and anonymous, so you can just go see what your severance would be if it ever came down the pike that you got uh, you got let go. See what you'd be in for. It is accurate. It is uh, absolutely free. And for the next little while, covidrights.ca will give you more information about the pandemic and CERB and the way your rights are affected by that as well. And there's always email, good old-fashioned email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time. This has been the Employment Law Show. It's on News Talk 580 CFRA.